Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast. I've been so lucky with the guests that I've had. Oh my God, wasn't it amazing talking to Susan Griffiths and finding out what it's like to be another Marilyn. She's fantastic. And all during this time playing Marilyn, I've got to meet some amazing people. But one of the most amazing things that happened to me is, as you guys have known, I got to wear some of Marilyn Monroe's clothing and I own, I don't own her clothing, but I own like a little checkbook or I own some awards. I got the Christie's auction. But this guy that I'm about to introduce you to, a lot of the fans know him, so amazing. He is the biggest collector of Marilyn Monroe real items that she wore in real life. She wore him in her movies. He's also got personal items. He's also got documentation oh my god it's like going around to Marilyn Monroe's house if you go around to Scott Faulkner's house Scott Faulkner is oh, just one of the most loveliest people you can meet but also an expert on Marilyn Monroe memorabilia he was brought in by Julian's auction house for the biggest Marilyn Monroe um, auction of her private stuff to make sure that all this stuff was authentic and genuine because he knows everything down to the tiniest hair and talking about hair he once got a jacket i witnessed this worn by marilyn and as he turned up the collar there was the blonde hair right i'm going to introduce you to scott because he remembers that moment scott Fortner calling me from san francisco how are you <laughs> hey Susie. Uh, hello i'm great how are you very good so excited to have you on my show because you really are you're a one-off because not many people i think greg shrine is only the other one i know has the only collection from that's not owned by a bank or owned by a museum that's owned by a personal living breathing human being and all this oh. marilyn stuff you have why oh, marilyn right. why <laughs> oh you know that's a question i get asked all the time is you know <clears throat> well why did you pick marilyn um and you know my response to that has always been you know i don't think that you pick marilyn i think marilyn picks you um, I think that, you know, just at some point you just come across her or at least that's the case with me and a lot and the case with many other people that I know that are that are fans of Marilyn. It's just one day you just come across her and you realize, wow, there's something really kind of unique and special and and vulnerable about Marilyn and then all of a sudden you just you just turn into a fan. Um, and, and she's someone that just becomes part of your life. I'm not one of those people that's fortunate enough to remember the very first time I ever saw her. So many people I know can say, this is the very first picture I ever saw of Marilyn, or that's the very first film I ever saw of Marilyn. Um, sadly, I don't have that memory. My first introduction to old Hollywood was the Jane Mansfield story that was on HBO when I was, I think, in the seventh grade. And uh, Lenny Anderson played Jane Mansfield and so that was really my first introduction into old Hollywood was the Jane Mansfield story but it quickly moved to Marilyn um, and it's been Marilyn ever since. So what made you turn from say admirer, fan, whatever you want to call it, into collector? Why suddenly mm. do you want to own something of Marilyn's? Mm -hmm. Well it's an interesting journey my collecting path. Like a lot of people out there once you have someone that you really kind of start admire or you um, become one of their fans you just start collecting general items or memorabilia and so that was the case with me too um, so just general memorabilia um, items with Marilyn um, and then also at the same time books if I could get a book about Marilyn I would I would be really happy and I 
um, started collecting books. And as a lot of the fans know, in 1999, that's when Maryland's, um, the bulk of Maryland's estate went up for auction at Christie's in New York. And Christie's published this amazing catalog. It was a little over a thousand lots that sold at this auction. And this catalog is couple of inches thick um and it's just full of of maryland's personal property and i added that catalog to my collection as part of that sale and got a chance to really kind of understand it's just like wow everything that maryland owned is still available it's still out there it's out in the world right mm -hmm. and then after the 1999 auction i started to notice stuff was coming up on ebay that had sold at the 1999 Christie's auction. So say, for example, someone would buy a lot of items that maybe had 10 or 12 items in it, they would turn around and sell one or maybe two of those items on eBay. Mm -hmm. so, so in about 2000, um, my very first purchase of a Marilyn Monroe-owned personal item was, was a script that had sold at the 1999 auction, and that pretty much started it all. Um, what script was it? Well, it was a script to a play that was offered to Marilyn um, titled Maiden Voyage, and it was written by Paul Osborne, who also wrote South Pacific and some other really um, big, memorable um, works. And so Marilyn was offered the play not long after she had finished filming The Prince and the Showgirl, and she turned it down because she just needed a break after having been in England filming The Prince and the Showgirl. And plus, I think she was just really starting to um, kind of settle in with Arthur, you know, they had just been married, um, and so she wanted to, to set up um, her, her home with him, and, you know, they'd moved to Roxbury, and, and so she turned that, um, turned that play down, but she still did go through and read it, there are her annotations inside, her initials where she wrote her initials on the front, um, so that started it all, and ever since then, you know, have you ever heard that old expression, once you get a, a tattoo, you never just stop it, just one, you just keep going and, and get, it, get it more? Yeah, I have, that's the bug, but I think it, it gets yeah. with anything, if yeah. you get really into something, even like fitness, yeah. like, you know, you start yeah. doing it every morning, so yeah. what was the item, because like, that's how it started, so uh -huh. I know your collection is so big, and we haven't got all day to talk about every single item, mm. but what was the item after the, the script and everything that was like, oh my God, I can't believe I own this. Do you know what I mean? There's that one item yeah. when you start collecting that you're like, oh my God, this is like the biggest thing yeah. I have I want to scream about. Yeah. Um, so in 2006, um, there was a lot of fur items that Marilyn owned that came up for auction at Christie's and they had sold originally at the 1999 auction and whoever purchased that lot of furs just turned around and resold the entire lot in 2006 mm. minus one they kept one of the furs that sold but they put everything back up for auction again and so um i took the red eye to christie's from the west coast so that i could participate in that auction live and i won the lot of furs um but in this particular lot of furs there were two items that are um really significant and one was the mink fur collar that Marilyn wore where she attached it to a black jacket, the same one that you mentioned in your opening that I actually won the black jacket in 2016 so that goes with reunited. the fur. They've been reunited now, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So it was that mink collar because Marilyn wore that just, I think that was her favorite jacket. There are so many photos of her wearing yes. that jacket with the fur collar. Um, and then also included in the lot was this white fox muff 
And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, Marilyn probably never wore this. Like, who wears white fox? Who wears muffs, right? <laughs> Even in the 50s, who wears a muff? Like, I'm like, that's turn of the century attire. Someone's um, sitting at home now then, with their muff going, oh no, I will. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, so a couple of weeks after the auction, I was reading uh, Norma Jean by Fred Lawrence Giles, and he started um, into this, this section of the book about Marilyn's attendance at the premiere of How to Marry a Millionaire in 1953, November uh, 53 in Los Angeles. And he wrote, you know, the only thing that Marilyn owned that she wore to that premiere were her undergarments and her furs. And it was a white fox stole and a white fox muff. And I thought, well, gosh, could that possibly be the white fox muff that I just won at auction? And so I got up and I went and looked at pictures of Marilyn at the premiere of How to Marry a Millionaire. And sure enough, there was the white fox wow. muff that I had just purchased at auction. Wow. And it was uh, those two furs, the the uh, stole and the muff, were the very first furs that she had ever purchased with her own money. Oh, wow. What an amazing... Uh -huh. I'm just sitting here thinking the only thing Marilyn Monroe wore was her underwear and her muff. And it just made me go... <laughs> 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 Sorry, Marilyn. It's just the way my brain yeah. works. It's quite a story. Oh, yeah. God. So that's but so those were the pieces I was like okay, I can't believe that I actually own these, you know. Um, so that was, you don't, you that don't was have to tell moment. me, but how much did you pay for them? You can say pass on that question because it's a personal question. But at that time, because how many years ago was that? Because we're talking about the increase in price of Marilyn Monroe stuff yeah. now has just gone. I mean, it's gone ridiculous. I remember yeah. that David Gainsborough, you might correct me on this because you actually had to do the research, but I think mm -hmm. he paid like 30000 for the Some Like It Hot dress and yep. then it sold yep. for half that's a million. That's what he paid. Right. <laughs> that's just, I mean, you couldn't even make that in a bank, could you? I mean, really, yeah. people, the, yeah. the, the, amount i mean he bought that back i think in the 80s yes late 80s there you uh -huh. go you always ask scott if you want to know about collecting you own anything or you're not sure <laughs> this guy will either cheer you up or disappoint you but he'll yeah. tell you the well, truth you're right he paid about thirty thousand dollars for that dress and then of course it sold at julian's for over three hundred thousand you know in 2016 Whew. um yeah so i mean whoever put this lot up for auction i think the biggest mistake that they made is they sold everything at once like i think today you never sell high profile or high um just um high value items in a lot those all should have been sold in a in a single lot so i mean i think i paid around 11 or twelve thousand dollars for that whole lot and wow. you know today each one of the items probably would sell for twice that well, especially more. now that you've got the fur and you now got the jacket because right. I keep talking about this jacket so please Scott tell us the story about so as you all know he just told you he got this fur and if you've seen Marilyn Monroe pictures I would agree with you Scott I, I see so many pictures of her with this jacket and the fox fur um, uh -huh. but also whenever I play Marilyn or get dressed as Marilyn there's something about wearing a spaghetti strap dress and the little fur jackets that just make me uh -huh. feel Marilyn when I think Marilyn I think of this these little fur jackets that she wore and this uh -huh. one that you own is so famous like you say it's so it's so many photographs so I really want you to tell the listeners because I was there at this auction for this moment and seeing Scott the next day in the lobby and he was yeah. freaking out because he needed to tell us something that he'd discovered and when you told me, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Tell us the story. It's great. I love this. Well, I did get a chance to um, 
see the fur, I'm sorry, the jacket before the auction, but I didn't really look all that closely at it. I just asked Julian if I could get, it was one of the items that I didn't get a chance to see in person as I was um, cataloging the auction. And so they pulled it out for me and I looked at it, um, but it wasn't until I actually won it at auction and got it and really started to look at it closely that I realized that it was just covered in Marilyn's hair um, because it's a wool jacket. It was custom made for Marilyn. It's one of a kind. The inside has a pink, kind of a silky, satiny type of a lining. Um, but I just turned up the collar and looked at the back and there was this one hair that's probably about three inches long with the root actually attached to it. Um, and so this jacket had been with Anna Strasberg since the beginning. So no other person has ever owned this jacket. Um, it was part of Marilyn's estate, and it was an item that, Mar that Anna had kept until 2016, where she sold um, almost everything else that she had of Marilyn's. And um, right there was this, this hair, and um, it had to be Marilyn's because it hasn't been with anybody else other yeah, than Anna yeah. Strasberg in storage this entire time crazy and what did you do with that hair <laughs> well um so you know i've had the jacket since 2016 so it's you know going on five years this november so as as i found new hairs i have been because i didn't want them to fall off because the jacket has been exhibited um i've basically been pulling them off and putting them into an envelope and just saving them for you know just for safekeeping so they don't you know fall off or they're not you know kind of accidentally <laughs> removed as part of maybe some exhibit process or something like that so just to save them and um, keep them protected yeah and just don't let elon musk near them because i've got a funny feeling he'd probably like to dna it all up and we'll create a new marilyn should be living breathing yeah. new dna created marilyn the way this world's going yeah. i gotta tell you you would be surprised the number of people who who email me asking for marilyn's dna it is really um and i always say no it's just like you know i don't think so but like you know i have dresses where you can see marilyn's sweat stains on them um, and, you know, people seriously are really interested in trying to get some of, of Marilyn's DNA. And it's just like, you know, no, that's just weird. It really, <laughs> so. You know what, though? Sadly, it really doesn't, it really doesn't surprise me. If you could yeah. have one item, because obviously I, me and Scott toured um, together. God, is that four years ago now? I can't remember. Well, it'll be five in November. Mm. Or five, five this summer. Yeah, wow. it was 2016. Yeah, uh -huh. so we went all over the world um, from England to USA uh, with these dresses and this collection of David Gainsborough Roberts and the Marilyn Monroe estate. It was such an amazing, and Julian's did such a great job with the catalog. Mm -hmm. I mean, the happy birthday dress catalog actually sung happy birthday to you with the voice mm -hmm. of Marilyn. Just, just incredible. What an amazing time we had. Um, mm -hmm. But on that, we, we had so many items to look at and the happy birthday dress was there. And I remember looking at you, Scott, looking at this dress because this dress in real life, if, you, if you've ever seen it, you'll know what we mean. But it's just unbelievable, isn't it, to look at it? Yeah, it, and, you know, if I could have anything, it would be that dress. Well, I that's mean, what that's I was going to ask you because yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like the personal items, I've got to be honest, that you have. I don't, I'm not really into the show costumes. I feel lucky I, I wore the dresses from 
different films but I like the personal items I really love your collection because it's personal and you feel like you're seeing the woman that was Marilyn but that uh -huh. happy birthday dress I think is an exception because it is personal she wants she designed this dress she wanted I mean Jean-Louis made it and designed it but she had the idea of what she wanted so to me it is a very personal dress so right, I, I right. think you need that dress Scott <laughs> Well, well, I think I need it too. I don't think I'm ever going to get it, to be honest. I mean, it's owned by Ripley's and, you know, at least, if I can't have it, at least I'm glad that, you know, uh, a company has it that is able to show it around the world, which is, is their intent and which they have done some because previously a private owner had it and it was just on his dis on display in his penthouse i guess in new york ever since the 1999 auction but it, it truly is just one of a kind um gown and as the story goes you know marilyn told jean louis you know you have to make a dress that only marilyn monroe could wear um and she knew jean louis because he had done costumes for her for the misfits and then also her final film um something's got to give which mm -hmm. sadly was was not completed but you know, it's just an amazing gown that um, is just one of a kind. And when you see it in person and when you see it displayed the way that Julian's displayed it, you know, it's mesmerizing. You just can't take your eyes off of off of it. Mm. Um, it's, 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 it's not just a gown. I mean, I, I think it's just a work of art. It's just fantastic. I was really lucky um, just before lockdown, again, lockdown three, we're on now in England. I was in Berlin and I'm, I, I know the uh, Marlene Dietrich um, people that look after uh -huh. her costumes and I got to go into their warehouse. Um, it wasn't for public. Um, really lucky I was invited by um, uh, one of the people that run the Marlene Dietrich fan club. He's, he's like you, Scott, um, a big uh -huh. collector and everything. And I got to see the D Dietrich costumes, which are so similar because they're made by uh -huh. Jean-Louis to Marilyn's happy birthday. Uh -huh. And I got to see them up close and look at all the beading. And it was so similar to Marilyn's happy birthday. So I was wondering if, because I know Dietrich and Marilyn, they, they knew of each other and actually did meet, whether she had seen these Dietrich ones because it was literally identical when you see them, all the little tiny hooks and the, and I was like, this is so similar. So I wonder if she'd ever looked at Dietrich's and thought, I want something like that or vice versa. You know, I'm not really sure. We'd have to research, and that's a really um, good question that I've never um, followed up on, but I think we'd have to ha actually have to research the timing of Dietrich shows to see if there was a possibility that maybe Marilyn had seen photos of her. Because Jean-Louis did design costumes for um, for Dietrich's um, evening kind of shows that she would do, you know, and appearances and performances, and, and, and they were similar. Um, the dresses were similar. I don't think Marlena Dietrichs were quite as revealing, <laughs> you know, as Marilyn's. Uh, which, I think that uh, could have been an age thing, though, because I noticed when I yeah. looked at Dietrichs, they were all high, high-necked, um, right. because, you know, when you get to women as a certain age, we have those little age spots and stuff like yes. that. But Marilyn probably went for the low cut because, because she could. She was 36 yeah. and, and gorgeous. Right. Um, yeah. One question that I always get asked whenever I've been near anything Marilyn's worn or... Been, does any of your items smell of Chanel Number no. Five? Well, you know, I get asked that question all the time, and a lot of the items that I have actually do still have a scent of perfume. But perfume um, ages, and the scent changes, and so you know, I can't necessarily tell specifically what the actual scent is, but it smells very flowery. Um, so there are items 
that have such a scent that when I open the storage boxes that they're in, like my, the, the, the space I'm in instantly smells of perfume. Um, but it doesn't smell exactly like Chanel number no. five, but it just, it's, it's just a very flowery type of smell, but you can definitely smell it. In particular, um, the white overcoat that Marilyn wore um, as she exited Polyclinic Hospital, mm -hmm. Um, after her gallbladder surgery and then um, a lot of people don't know this but there are photos of her with that same coat in Mexico in February of 1962 so that was the coat that she took with her to, to Mexico when she toured Mexico to buy furniture for her new house and then of course she did the um, press conference on February 22nd of 1962 at the Hilton Hotel when she wore the green poochie dress that ultimately she was buried in mm -hmm. um, so she wore that same coat and the Prince and the Showgirl fan. So the little fan that she wore in the ballroom scene um, in the Prince and the Showgirl, that's the item I have that smells the strongest of perfume. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because it's a film prop. Yeah. Um, but but it's, you can definitely smell it, and it's very strong even so many years later. One of the questions that I also get asked um, when they, people see fancy collectors like you or sales coming up, they always get upset saying, oh, it's not fair that it, all this stuff gets sold. It should be with like one person or in like a Graceland's or like Elvis has Graceland's and, and Marilyn doesn't have anything like that. It's not fair. Well, I'm really glad personally that you own so much of the stuff because you do do these exhibits and like Lauren uh -huh. Briggs Schreiner, Schreiner, you've done exhibits. But is there, um, if you could have your dream scenario in your head of what you would do with something like your collection because I know collections when you have to hand over your stuff to companies who exhibit can go badly you know some people yes. don't treat the we're not going to go into details but some people don't treat the items how you want them to be treated or it's not uh -huh. how you envision something to be so if you uh -huh. could um have your money was no object would you like to have something like a graceland's version for marilyn or if you could envision something of in, in a dream world yeah well i i mean i think i i think one of the things that that's so important for me is to share what i have um and a lot of times i do exhibits for free you know i don't i don't I don't collect Marilyn as an investment or, or for the money. It's just the joy of being, being able to own the items and I'm just lucky enough to, to be able to be in this position. Mm. But so many times, you know, people come and they literally just get so emotional when they see Marilyn's items or, you know, sometimes I just let people hold or touch something and, you know, they just get really emotional because they're actually having that, that connection mm. with her in a way that you, you wouldn't otherwise normally have. And so I kind of feel like it's an obligation or a duty. I'm just a curator of these pieces for right now. Um, but to hide them away, I think, would be the wrong thing to do because, you know, Marilyn said, if I am a star, it's it's the people, it's the fans yeah. who made me a star. So it's, it's I feel like it's an obligation of mine to share. And in answer to your question, ultimately, if I could give my entire collection to a museum that would exhibit the pieces for, for the public um, for for the rest of, you know, eternity, then, you know, that's that's what I would do. I would love to see that. Because also you've been into Marilyn Monroe's last house 
um, yeah. because it came up for sale um, recently if you're wondering how he got into the house and, and Scott uh -huh. could get in and, and, and view the house before it was sold. Um, I always answer to people that say, why isn't a house going to be like a Graceland's? Is because I've been to Graceland's. It's, it's pretty big and it's got its own grounds, whereas Marilyn's yeah. last house is in a cul-de-sac on a private residential street. So yeah. you could never have that house as Graceland's. So, that, yeah. uh, so that's kind of put... Um, when you went into the Marilyn Monroe's house, was, that must have just been like the final cherry on the cake for you because you've literally walked in her footsteps. You've got her clothing, you've, you've, you've smelt her, yeah. you've got a, now you're finally walking through her, her home, that she, first home she ever owned. What was that yeah. like? You know, um, I've actually been lucky enough to tour the house twice. It's sold twice within the last 10 years. And each time I was able to get in and, and tour the property as part of when it was listed for sale. And, you know, it's just a completely undescribable feeling because we have these photographs of the house. Um, you know, obviously the police photos taken after Marilyn had passed away. And then um, there were photos that were taken by a photographer just the next morning where we see the house, you know, through the windows. And then Eunice Murray, um, when she was uh, working for Marilyn, she took several photos of the inside of the house, you know, actual color photographs where you can see. But to actually be there is, is just really unbelievable. Um, and it's just instantly recognizable. I mean, you could walk through the home and you know exactly what room you're standing in just based on the photos, whether it's the dining room. So and, it hasn't you know, changed the, that much. It's been remodeled, but it hasn't really, yeah. it's kept, you can still recognize it as being her home. Oh, totally. Inside. Yeah, I mean, the biggest change is the kitchen. You know, they totally remodeled the kitchen and they connected the guest, the guest house with the main house. Mm. Um, but the sunroom is exactly the same, even down to the tile on the floor. The the living room, the the tile around the fireplace is exactly the same as when Marilyn lived there. Um, and one of the bathrooms has the exact same tile in it um, that Marilyn picked out when she was in Mexico in 1962 that that tile is still in the bathroom wow what um, about the, the so, um that kirsten Perficchio? is that there still what i'm sorry what you, was the question you know the, the tile where she walked in my journey is complete the latin yeah. tile is that still there yeah, yeah it's still there yeah. kirsten Perficchio. it's still it's a tile at the front door that reads kirsten Perficchio. Well, that's it my um, my, my latin my journey ends here <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah you know it's just really it was just really um just unbelievable and so it's like you know Eunice Murray talks about it in her book about how um, after Marilyn had passed away you know they went to the closet to to find you know the dress that Marilyn would wear and it's just like sure enough you know there's the closet in Marilyn's bedroom um, where they had written about you know finding the right dress for Marilyn to wear um, so and you know the window is still there with the same handle on it that you see in the photos taken after um, Marilyn had passed away as part of the police investigation that um, Dr. Greenson had broken the glass you know to get through the window it's the exact same window is still there with the same handle wow. opening the window um, so it's it's historic um, you know the pool um, that you see um, from the photos are still back behind, you know, Marilyn's um, house. And even a lot of the same plants are still there. Foliage, yeah, well, you know, plants, palm trees. Yeah, plants keep going, don't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was just, it was just unbelievable to actually, you know, so many times I've stood on the other side of that, that wall and just mm. kind of looked over the top and peered in, but to actually be inside was amazing. How much did the house end up selling for? Oh, was it 
I would have to look it up. That's one thing where you've caught me. I, was right. it like 10 with, or 12 million? I'm not if, sure. If money was no object, if you married Elon Musk tomorrow, money was no, no object, <laughs> would you would you buy that house? Would that be a collection for you? Or would it, because to me, as much as I love the house and to go inside, it would it is amazing. But I don't know if I could live there because if, you know, yeah. she, she either committed suicide there or she was murdered there or accidentally overdosed there. None of those scenarios appeal to me very much, but, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it would be hard. I mean, part of me would be absolutely, I'd want to live there. Um, I think the other part would be like, okay, it would be a real challenge because I know that there's so many fans. I don't think there'd be any privacy, mm. um, because fans go all the time to just be at Marilyn's house. Yeah. Um, and you know, if I were to live there, I think I'd be getting an awful lot of requests for, you know, um, being able to, I, people contact me about, you know, well, who owns Marilyn's house? How can I get in and film a documentary inside Marilyn's house? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I just think it's such a famous home that it would be constantly sought after. And as I said, people visiting there, I don't think there'd be much privacy. No. Well, we'll yeah. see. So we've got two things now for you to maybe in the future. <laughs> only, yeah. Marilyn Rose and only in the happy birthday dress. Scott, thank you so much. Um, please tell us quickly before the end of this how anyone, after listening to you, I know a lot of fans already know you, but your Instagram, your website, please tell us how to sure. contact it. Yeah, well, the website and my Instagram are both Marilyn Monroe Collection. So the website is just MarilynMonroeCollection.com. And I've got my full, uh, most of the collection is on there. I've, I've acquired pieces over the years that I haven't added to the website just because it's kind of a lot of work to maintain it. So not everything, but most everything is there. Um, and then my Instagram is at Marilyn Monroe Collection. And that's pretty much the way I communicate mostly these days. I have Facebook and Twitter as well, but yeah. um, Instagram is my primary. Also, some people have, they might have Marilyn Monroe items that they've been left. I'm not talking about collectibles. I'm talking about actually Marilyn Monroe's owned items. They might have bought uh -huh. auction or been passed or left on. Um, you're really the guy to send a photo to and say, is this anything? Because, you know, you can go oh. to an auction house, um, but Scott will usually be brought in by these auction houses just to verify because you're such an expert. Um, you can give them the good news and the bad news, really, can't you? Yeah, um, definitely. I think, you know, just one of the things I'm really good at is photo recall. Um, so a lot of times I can look at something and I can say, okay, where, where Marilyn wore it, when she wore it, why she wore it, those types of things. Sadly, there's so much stuff out there that has been forged or faked. Most of the time I'm having to tell people, well, unfortunately, what you have that you may have paid a fortune for or what someone has left you actually isn't real because it was, it was a, it, it's a forgery or it's a fake. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this person, here's the story about how that person um, was, was creating all of these items with these fake letters of, of authenticity or provenance. Um, so that's happened actually pretty frequently. Yeah. If you are going to Marilyn. purchase anything, if anyone's listening to this and they want to purchase something of Marilyn's, would you, how would you advise they go about buying through someone like Julian's and people like that, right? Right. Yeah. I would follow the major auction houses. So Julian's auctions, um, almost always has Marilyn um, items for sale. I, I, I work with Julian's pretty regularly. Um, Christie's has kind of gotten away from the entertainment memorabilia um, industry. You know, they, they're not really doing this much anymore because if you think about it, you can sell one painting for, you know, totally, yeah. $200 million and that's, you know, one item for that amount compared to, you just don't usually get that for entertainment memorabilia. Yeah. Um, 
And then Heritage Auctions is another auction company that uh, will often have Marilyn. And then Bonhams um, does as well. Yeah. But also, before you go, you've just reminded me of something that you're so good at photo, finding Marilyn wearing certain items in photographs. And there's a great uh -huh. story. <laughs> and I love you for this, Scott. It was To me, it was the coup. Julian's was selling this. Can I just say it was horrendous? I think it's horrendous. <laughs> it's this red smock dress with little it, i'm sorry but I, it's disgusting it's a red smock dress with cockerels or we used to joke and call them cocks all over the dress but there were cockerels all over the dress um like it's very like chinese style really um and uh i was like oh god man one robe or this it's horrendous and scott got it for a good price and the reason he did is because what happened uh after that scott quickly because my time's going to run out um, well, I, you know, I'm able to, I buy the items and then I share with, with the auction company. It's just like, oh, by the way, this was pictured. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And there is Marilyn wearing this cock dress, as I like to call right. it, yeah. when she was pregnant on some like When she heart, was right? pregnant, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so I, I call it her maternity dress. And, you know, um, for people in the U.S., there's roosters and hens all over the dress and um i remember the very first time i ever saw the photo i was like oh my god she what is she wearing there are roosters and hens all over this dress um yeah well it turns out it sold in the 1999 christie's auction but it wasn't pictured in the catalog so today pretty much everything is pictured in a catalog but christie's didn't photograph everything and put it in the catalog so you really had no idea and it was sold as a nightgown yeah. Uh, but but in fact, it's a kind of a day dress, and there are photos of Marilyn wearing it when she was pregnant in 1958 while she was filming something like it hot. And like a, a lot of expectant mothers do, she had her hand over her over her um, stomach area or her baby bump, as as we call it these days, protectively, you know, kind of protecting her baby there. But um, that was her final pregnancy, and um, yeah, it's a bright red with print and um, roosters and hens. Yeah, I love that. I love that you call it the maternity dress and I call it the cock dress, which pretty much sums well, up my personality in Scots. Yeah, well, I do call it that dress, that, that sometimes also, oh, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, thank you so much, Scott. It's been such yes. a pleasure talking to you and I miss you because we, you know, we hung out for months on end during this yeah. tour and we had so many laughs and so many good times. Yes. And thank you yeah. so much for sharing your time with me for my podcast and with everyone else um, that You're is so listening. Welcome. Oh, bless you. So tune in oh. next time. We're, my guests are just getting better and better. I think next week I might have the actual Marilyn Monroe on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tune in. I'll tune right. In thank you so much, Scott. <laughs> Bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye.